millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hello, my name is Bella Younger. I'm the masterminds behind the Instagram account Deliciously Stellar. And this is my new venture for 2016, the Deliciously Stellar podcast. So since I've been on Instagram, I've been sort of bombarded by the idea of uh, getting the glow. So I'm going to go on a bit of a mission to find out what it is. In my journey, I'm going to be talking to excellent journalist Polly Vernon. You wouldn't walk around the street going, changes, look at my abs. So don't do it online. I'm also going to be talking to the amazing dietitian Sean Porter. Sean's going to be giving me the real facts about healthy eating. If you don't want to eat chia pudding, that's cool. You don't have to eat chia pudding. I'm also going to be talking to my best mate Liv. Her favourite diet is the Dukan diet, and she's going to be telling me all about why she loves it so much. Dukan equals dating. And also why she doesn't. Not having any sugar in your diet turns you into an absolute monster. So my friends often say that hyperbole should be my middle name because I absolutely love telling a good story. Now, I'm quite prone to going off on a tangent, so if you do get a bit lost, don't worry, I'll find my way back. First of all, I'm going to tell you a bit about my Christmas and what I've been up to since January has loomed. Um, So I spent Christmas with my family and um, I used to really, really love Christmas, but I feel like as I've gotten older... It's become more and more of a chore, a bit like a sort of endurance test of how long I can spend with my family before somebody murders each other. And um, yeah, this year I did the usual, you know, I overdosed on quality streets. It was pretty disgraceful. I'm now wearing dungarees because I can't wear anything else. My uncle has a pug suit, which is a pug and shih tzu cross. And it's called Jabba and it's pretty adorable. But we found out that it's got a massive taste for chocolate oranges. Uh, specifically chocolate oranges with popping candy inside. And now, you know how everyone in their house has that secret cupboard where you hide all the Christmas presents before they're all put into stockings? Sorry if you still believe in Father Christmas. My aunt had hidden everything in this cupboard and Jabba, the pug Sue, found its way in and ate an entire Terry's chocolate orange with popping candy. And my uncle had to stay up all night on Christmas Eve looking after this pug that was literally like high as you like on sweets. And the worst thing is that the very next day, Jabba went back for more, found another chocolate orange. I mean, God knows who left another chocolate orange lying around. So obviously I do my my Instagram, Deliciously Stella, and I've been looking a lot for sort of inspo around the place. I put a picture up of me having gone to the gym for the first time in about two months and I lost about 300 followers because everyone felt really deflated that I did some exercise. And I'd just like to say that 
I mean, yeah, I am revolting on Instagram, but I'm not a monster. I do sometimes do a little bit of exercise and I think that's fine. Like it makes me less crazy. It means I can drink more WKD. It's good. So I think it's about time to introduce my first guest. Um, when I first decided to start doing this podcast, I put a post out on Instagram asking for some amazing contributors. And in a stroke of luck, I have got the brilliant journalist and author of Hot Feminist, Polly Vernon, coming on to talk to me about what clean eating means to her. Hello. Hi, Polly Vernon. This is Bella. Hello, Bella. How are I'm you? Nice to talk to you. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We were so pleased when you got back to us. We were like, oh, proper person. This is amazing. Um, not so. I love it. you think I'm proper. Well, <laughs> you're a proper journalist <laughs> and you've written a book, Polly, so you're a bit of a big I, deal. I, this is absolutely true. It never ceases to amaze me, but yeah, people pay me to write shit. It's staggering. <laughs> My aim this year is to become like Kim Kardashian and just be paid to exist. Wow. Do you think you can do it? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think I'd have to have a bit of work done to my face first. You have to get some sort of, make some sort of uh, momentous all of that and then start paying to get stuff done to your face. I think it's quite expensive to get stuff done to your face. I could lead with a sex tape. Yeah, you know, that's, that, that's how we go into these things. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's how everybody starts. I, yeah. So I wanted to talk to you a bit. I mean, I've been looking at your Instagram. I'm loving it. I'm loving the uh, cheese sandwich and what's it. Yeah. That was New Year's Eve dinner for my man, I think I said on it. What I didn't specify on that post was that I didn't make it, he did. It was a cheese sandwich and what's it extravaganza, which he made for himself before he said he was a policeman, before he went out on shift. Um, because, frankly, that sort of gastronomic spectacular is beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that was like a date night special. I was like, duh, 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 duh. No, I did realise I slightly gave it that veneer when I posted it on Instagram. It looked very much like I prepared it for him. I hadn't. <laughs> well, it's, it, clearly your attitudes towards clean eating are quite similar to mine, as in we uh-huh. don't. The thing is, I'm I'm not particularly bothered by it. I just can't cook, can't cook, <laughs> don't want to cook, don't care. But then I'm in, I'm in this slightly odd space where I do really, really want to stay thin. So what I do is I just kind of eat minimal crap that I can get away with that won't make me fat. But then last night, slightly inspired by all the, all the really sad clean eating stuff that's out there, I went to M&S on my way home and I decided I was going to try, um, you know, courgette spaghetti. Oh, yeah. Because I, I literally, because I'd seen it on the telly and I thought I'd be quite nice. And they were selling it in markets for a pound, but they didn't have it. They only had the butternut uh, spaghetti. I don't know what we call that, but butternutty. Um, <laughs> so, I, so, so I bought that, and um, and I didn't like that. So today I've gone back. To, I've, I've only just this this moment dined on um, Jaffa cakes and anchovies. Delicious. Yeah, because I'm I, I'm freelance, which involves an awful lot of weird eating during the day when you can't get your head around what you're supposed to be doing. I call it fridge tappers when you stand up by the, with the fridge door open and just eat whatever's in it. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of doing that at the moment. I've been staying with my aunt in Fulham. And um, I find myself just like staring into the void that is her fridge because she sort of lives alone and she's not really used to having like a sort of greedy picker like hanging around. But yeah, in terms of clean eating, I just, I just, I don't get it. I mean, I'm a journalist briefly, not briefly, even quite a long time, worked on a really, really properly foodie magazine. And even then, like the the um, deputy editor used to love it when she'd make me um, sub edit the recipe pages because I just I don't I don't get it. it's like a different language, food foodism, caring about food, <laughs> knowing that one cheese is nicer than another. I don't understand. I'm quite foodie. My mum's a chef, and um, oh, really, yeah. So like um, we basically 
because I'm a bit posh, my um my mum basically insisted that we all took cookery courses so we would be able to feed a rich man when we nailed them down. Cool. How's that going? Um, it's all right. My siblings and I can all like whip something together. Apart from my brother, obviously he doesn't have to learn because he's going to marry his cook. Oh, I see. But in terms of you using it to lure in a man? Oh, a well, man. Uh, it's not actually going that well. That was one of my New Year's resolutions was to make more effort to lure men. And then I realised really? I sort of painted myself into a corner by being professionally revolting on Instagram. Yeah. How are you going to navigate that one? I, I just don't know. I also just wrote um, a web episode of a series um, where I'm this crazed woman who's really feminist but then thinks that she's going to get proposed to and then goes nuts because she's so excited. And I'm like, okay, so I'm now some like horrible bridezilla. Yeah, it's not going well. The dating in the time of Google is a really, really difficult business. Oh, hang on. Um, I think I'm going to jump in and I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about the weirdest date that I've ever been on. And it starts back when I was a little girl. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a taxidermist. My mum asked my sister and I what we both wanted to be. And my sister was like, I would like to be a bride. And I was like, I would like to be a taxidermist. It was awful. I did a taxidermy course recently, though, so I have lived my dream. I actually, I went, I did a taxidermy course on a date. I stuffed a mouse. I dressed it as a witch. Um, I had suggested it, and this boy was trying to seem really sort of like into how absurd I am. And he was like, yeah, we'll do a taxidermy course. Obviously, we get there. It's like freezing cold. We're in Shoreditch. And there's a dead mouse in front of us. And I think that's when he was like, this can't carry on. <laughs> you are the worst. I think I announced I wanted to do it on the first day. And then as it sort of, as it, we were approaching... I think that's when our relationship sort of began to unravel when he realised he was genuinely dating someone who wanted to stuff a dead animal. Actually, it's really, it's really gross. It's really, really gross. You sort of turn them inside out and then you hang them up and you blow dry them with a hairdryer and then you sort of treat them with weird powders and things and then you stuff them full of cotton wool and wire so you can make them anthropomorphic, which means that they look a bit like people. So you can make them sort of waving or... <laughs> I mean, mine was waving a wand because I dressed it as a witch. It was really excellent. I subsequently lost my mouse. Um, I was going to take it up to the Edinburgh Festival when I was doing a comedy show and I lost it on the train. So somewhere on the East Coastline, someone has found a stuffed mouse wearing a witch's hat. I arrived in Scotland with nothing but a broomstick. And I was so upset because it was a really crucial part of my show and then I had to explain what had happened. And all these people are just in the audience like... How can we leave? So you can cook, but you're just like, you just really object to clean eating. I just, yeah, I just, I thought it just gone a bit far. It was the beach yoga that really got me because I'm really unathletic. Oh, Jesus, yeah. That was it. That was it for me. Well, I mean, my feeling, because that's because the other thing I should, I, and I feel slightly embarrassed of making this to you, but I, like, I do exercise quite a lot. But the idea of <laughs> putting those pictures out there and going, I think what I love about what you do is it's what I call non-spo and it's like as a non-inspirational. Oh, yeah. And because these images, they're not to inspire people, they're to piss people off. But you, on the other hand, are going, doesn't matter do what you want which is magnificent and I just think the bits of your life that might annoy other people or aggravate them or make them feel lesser or you know make them feel bad in comparison just put pictures of them online you keep that shit to yourself but you know what you want to put out there is, is the sort of the more real pathetic sadder moments which is ones that most of us are living most of the time and it's, it's such a lie we all kind of know it's such a lie and we, we're compelled to keep lying about our lives on social media 
Yeah, 100%. I follow all of these women for inspiration and it does just make you feel absolutely rubbish. Like someone who's yeah, just I mean, managed to maintain their abs so wonderfully over December. I'm like, oh. But also if you have, just don't, don't tell me. You wouldn't walk around the street going, strangers, look at my abs. So don't do it online. Your absolute only possible motivation is to make other people feel less good about themselves relatively. There's nothing else. There's no other justification for it. Yeah, maybe we can kill the internet. Yeah, maybe. That can be our New Year's resolution to take down the well, internet. You're going to do a sex tape. If you do a sex tape. <laughs> my sex tape's going to break the internet. Yeah, that, that might, it might be two, two in one. I'm just not sure that anyone would watch it, though. I'd be like, ooh, it's deliciously stellar, releases sex tape. Everyone's like, ugh. Wouldn't it be awful if that happened? You release a sex tape, nobody cares. And nobody wanted to see it, because they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> So I'm, for those reasons alone, I'm not going to risk it. <laughs> but I think you should. <laughs> um, my parents couldn't cope with it. I, a couple of weeks ago, I got asked to be the face of um, a lube brand. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, they were doing sort of clean eating lube. So they had avocado lube, almond lube, kale lube. And I was like... They did not. <laughs> yeah, they did. I told my mum and I was like, obviously I said no, because I just don't think the dad could take it. She was like, also, you probably haven't had sex in like a year. So not very good. <laughs> Such a all bitch. All, that's the no. That's a brilliant. I, I, nobody ever asked me to be the face of lube. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to ask you a couple of really weird questions. I was asked to comment on what I thought were the strangest health fads of 2015. And um, I settled on Gwyneth Paltrow suggesting that we steam our vaginas. Oh, yeah, I've forgotten about that. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I, I, don't, I'm, I don't think I'm as nearly as aware of uh, these sort of things as you are. And perhaps, given my job, I should be. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, have I steamed my vagina? No. <laughs> um, no. I was I'm, wondering I, 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 how you actually do it. Maybe you stand over a kettle doesn't it happen in the shower as a matter of course anyway also? It's the other thing I'm slightly thinking. <laughs> yeah. I've got, a, I've got a fairly steamy shower. Did you remember what the benefits of it were? I don't know. But um, a lot of doctors immediately came forward and said, vaginas are self-cleaning, so <laughs> this is pointless. I'm just trying to think if I've, I've invested in any um, beauty paraphernalia recently, you know, anything battery powered sounds quite rude and I don't think I have I mean I, I will shove any cream on my face that anybody sends me free um, oh yeah 100% I'm allergic to everything though so I spend the majority oh, of my oh. life with a rash me again I think that now might be an ideal time for another of my stories um, if you look at my Instagram you can probably tell that I quite enjoy a, um, a natural remedy in inverted commas and a bit of an alternative fake tan so I'm going to tell you a story about when I was back at school and I had the fake tan disaster of a lifetime. When I was at school once, I had a really terrible fake tan disaster where none of the fake tans seemed to stick apart from on one of my toes and it was black and I was going to have to wear sort of open toe shoes. And I read somewhere that you could create some sort of scrub out of toothpaste and coffee and lemon juice and I literally covered myself in it, and it was so disgusting. It smelt like actual death, like like rotting flesh. It was absolutely horrible. But that's the kind of thing that we would always do at school. Always, like my granny is so full of weird tips like that. She says that when you've got a splinter, you need to chew bread, and then put it on the splinter, and then cover it with a plaster. So whenever my mum went on holiday when I was little, and something like that happened to me, I would go into school with like chewed up bread on me. And my teachers would just be like, somebody call social services. 
<laughs> you can't leave her with this lunatic any longer. I mean, she was absolutely mad. She once made me take a mole in for show and tell and they had to call my parents. A dead mole in a Tupperware. Well, all the other girls sort of got their hairbands out and were like, this is my hairband, it says Annabelle on it because it's my name. And I was like, I found this dead mole in the garden. It's very soft. So now I'm going to be a little bit more serious and I'm going to speak to Sean Porter, who is an amazing dietitian, who is going to tell me A, the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist, and hopefully a lot about some of the diets that I've been looking at that I really don't understand. Hi, Bella. Yeah, the um, important thing to remember is a dietitian, it's a legally protected title. So anybody can call themselves a nutritionist, nutritional therapist, nutritional coach, or you could go on a weekend course and set up practice and start giving out nutritional advice. With a dietitian, we're statutory regulated. So we're health professionals in nutrition. You have to do a degree course and go through quite rigorous training and learn all about the body's systems and all the physiology and biochemistry. So if you want to get nutrition advice, go and see a dietitian. We don't sell anything. We're just going to give you good evidence-based individual advice. So something that I'm really fascinated by in my sort of research into eat clean and other such sort of dietary terms is what is the glow? I'm being constantly sort of assaulted with get the glow and glow from the inside out. And if you eat this type of nut or seed, like you will just be glowing. And I just I find it absolutely unfathomable. I'm just not really sure what's going on. I think it's probably... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary what was called bright-eyed and bushy-tailed back in the day. That's my interpretation. <laughs> yeah, because I was in um, an article on BuzzFeed and I accidentally slipped into the comments section and they were all going, oh, she's not got the glow, though. Oh, she's really lacking the glow. Someone said that they thought I had a vitamin deficiency because I was pale and I was like, I'm from Scotland. <laughs> of course I'm pale. Well, if only it was that easy to diagnose somebody by looking on somebody virtually that's quite interesting from the sort of things that I see sort of on an everyday basis I was just wondering if you could sort of tell me whether these things are actually healthy so for a start I think that chia pudding looks like frog spawn and I was just wondering what is the nutritional benefit of chia pudding should I eat chia pudding should I get past this no I, I think if you don't want to eat chia pudding that's cool you don't have to eat chia pudding chia is a seed and seeds are, from the nutrition point of view, they give you fibre, they can give you certain vitamins and minerals, and they can give you omega-3 fatty acids. And they're essential fatty acids. We can't make them in our body, so we have to eat them in our diet. And that's why you should include some oily fish, which is the fish sauce, but then you can get vegetable sources, of which you get things like seeds and nuts and the oils made from them. Now, chia is just very much in vogue, and chia is actually a protected... It had to go through a special um, application to be used in the UK. 
And you're only allowed to have a maximum amount, and it can be used in certain goods, bakery goods and things like that. And actually, if you look on the packet of chia seeds, it will say what the maximum amount is you should have in a day. The danger with chia is it absorbs lots of fluid. And there was a chap actually in America taken to hospital because all the chia in his esophagus had gone solid and he couldn't, he, he was like sort of choking on, on this chia kind of traffic jam in his esophagus. So usually to soften it up, people prefer, prefer it. They do put it in things like puddings and things like that. But quite worrying, like, like the other day I was reading on the internet, um, somebody was saying about giving toddlers porridge with cheer in, and that's when it really alarms me that people don't realise the, the the dangers of using things like that or, or overzealous application of these diets with, with young children. So don't worry that you're not having cheer pudding. You can have other seeds, linseed, sunflower seed, pumpkin seeds. Seeds are great. They're a healthy snack. It's good to include some in your diet. Limit them to a handful because they're quite high in, in fat. A, I'm so horrified about that chia story. It's really upset me. <laughs> B, how can seeds be fattening? They're seeds. <laughs> well, they're not, not, and they're not fattening. But remember, all food has calories, okay? Yeah. So even healthy food. And an important part of planning what food you're going to eat is being mindful of portion size. Now, you don't want to be obsessive, but sometimes people think, oh, I've got this really a perfect diet, oh, it's, it's great. And then they say, oh, but I don't seem to be able to lose it, or oh, I seem to be put on weight. that even for healthy food has calories. And just sometimes, I don't want everybody to be, be obsessed by calories, but just sometimes people forget. So they might eat a whole family-sized bag of nuts rather than eating a handful. I think I've definitely eaten a family-sized bag of nuts before. <laughs> <laughs> and and worse. <laughs> so my sister got back from her gap year and my mum immediately put her on a diet and got her a personal trainer, which was horrific. But her personal trainer put her on this really bizarre sort of thing where she had these diet supplements, which I'm 100% convinced were rubbish, like a fizz stick before she worked out. What is that? What are these weird drinks? And, you know, what is the benefit of protein shakes? Do I need protein shakes or do I just need to get on the treadmill? Again, you know, have saying dietitians do it with food and that should always be your starting point. So if you think you need more protein, then slightly up the protein in your diet, but get it from things like seeds and nuts and dairy products and lean meat, oily fish, things like that. You don't need these special products there's so much misinformation out there and so many myths and if people want good advice you know look at people who aren't trying to sell them something like a fizzy stick it's really important to stay hydrated in the gym it's really important to have enough energy for your workout and then after your workout then obviously you want to replace but for most of us unless we're intense athletes or endurance athletes whatever just doing our hour in the gym we don't need much more. In the UK, on average, we all eat enough protein. What we're perhaps not so good at is spacing it out throughout the day. So I've got Sean Porter with me, the dietitian and mega health guru, and uh, she's going to explain to me um, what was going on when I decided to go on the Ducan diet. Now, um, when I went on the Ducan, I kind of got it a bit wrong. I think it involves sort of only eating lean protein for five days, but I sort of copped out and I ate a lot of cheese omelettes. And I got really, really fat. But one of my best friends absolutely swears by this. And I just, I need to know, if she does in fact lose a lot of weight very quickly, why is it, and 
Is this ever a healthy way to do it? Okay, the Dukan diet is a, essentially a high-protein diet and it's, it's in four phases. So in the first phase is the attack phase and you have five days and you can choose unlimited amounts of protein. The weight that you lose initially is going to be fluid. Okay, so that's why if you go on like a crash diet for a few days and then you come off it, you, you know, you probably put about four pounds straight back on because that is fluid. That's what you're losing to start with. Obviously, it works because you're restricting what you eat and protein has four calories per grams and protein is quite satiating. It can fill you up. So you will regulate how much you're having and that's why that's why it's going to work. But Deacon does recognise that actually if you're cutting everything out, then you're going to be missing out on vitamins and minerals. So he also says you should take a supplement. And again, that should be an alarm bell for people is if you need these vitamins and minerals, you have to take a supplement, then why shouldn't you just have foods that, that contain them? So one of the things that I remember from being on the Ducan is something called ketosis, which basically implied to me that my body would kind of start eating itself and that therefore I would get really, really skinny. Is there any truth in the idea of ketosis or is it just, you know, what hap- Yeah, what happens in your body is you have small reserves of carbohydrate, um, glycogen, which you store in your liver and your muscles. And that's like your sh- short-term carbohydrate stores. So when you're like sprinting for the bus or whatever, that's you need your glycogen. And once you've used that up, and if you're not taking in enough calories and your body needs more calories, your body will go to its reserves to get the energy that it needs to function. And what it can do is it obviously can go to your fat stores and it can break down fat and turn that into energy. But also you have to carefully balance it because what can happen is it can also go to your muscle stores and break down your muscle protein. After a time, it, you know, your body's very clever. It will adapt itself. And ketosis is what happens when you are breaking down fat to provide energy for your body. And one of the byproducts is, that is something called ketones. And that's when people's breath smells because that's what's happening. I definitely remember the breath thing. That was absolutely horrible. The Dukan, I suppose, is a diet that one was supposed to take on and then you sort of, you keep you just keep going forever, don't you? Yeah, and there's, there's all these phases. So once you've done the initial phase, then there's three other phases to follow. So it would appeal to people who like something really prescriptive. And he does promote being physically active as well, which is always a good thing. But it just works like anything else by restricting calories. Today I'm wearing dungarees and I look like a giant toddler. My mum is devastated. I told her that I'd gone to a meeting at the Telegraph today wearing this. And she tried to make me go to H&M and buy a new outfit on the way. She was so upset. I mean, my mum would absolutely love it if I owned any pashminas. I think any pashminas would be her dream. Or if I wore pearls. I have so many sets of pearls. I used to get them every single birthday. I I should probably flog them, really, because I'm never going to wear any of it. It's all horrible. Absolutely horrible. My mum tried to buy me an opera coat the other day. An opera coat is something that posh people with no style wear to a wedding. I'm going to this very smart wedding where there's going to be sort of royals in attendance. And mum is trying to buy me an opera coat. But I think I'd rather stick pins in my eyes than ever be seen in one. So she's struggling a little bit. I mean, I'm probably going to end up going to this wedding in a sack. I'm terrible at formal dress because I'm a massive tomboy. So when it comes to going to a wedding, I will wear high heels into the church and then... 
I will wear Nike Air Max out. Which means that most people's wedding photos are ruined by some sort of like horrible scrot standing on the end. I actually ruined my godfather's wedding when I was a child because I was his bridesmaid and I was so desperate to run away that he looks like he has a stoop in all the photos because he's holding on to the back of my sash. That's how much I hate wearing a dress. I've been a bridesmaid five times because my parents had me when they were really young. So I was like sort of bridesmaid for hire. I was everybody's bridesmaid and I was always awful. The worst, I think, was um, I'm quite fair and I was a bridesmaid with two sort of mixed race girls who were really beautiful and so they put us all in yellow and I look like I have aggressive jaundice in all the photos and it just it devastates my mum that I look so flipping ugly in all of those photos she's never recovered so Sean's just told me what's going on with the Ducan from a factual point of view but now we're going to go grassroots I'm going to speak to my friend Liv who has been on the Ducan more times than I can count and she's going to tell me what the reality is of only eating protein for a week oh, Hello Bella Younger <laughs> So Liv is my flatmate or was my flatmate until she left to go and have an operation on her foot um, Unfortunately so I know we've lived together on and off over the years and we've also lived through loads of diets Liv and I both went to boarding school which is sort of where diets are born and made. And we've done absolutely everything under the sun. And Liv's favourite diet is the Ducan diet. And I'm still fat. (laughs) (laughs) Now, don't get upset because I know you were the thinnest you've ever been last time you went on it. Uh, It's true. I was the thinnest I've ever been in my whole life. But I did have to eat only Baby Bell Light, (laughs) packets of ham, plain chicken and just any sort of meat that I could find. But it was the thinnest I've ever been. Also, the most, like, expensive diet of all time literally nearly drove me to bankruptcy. Uh, But I was thin, so I didn't care. Well, you must have got loads of snogs in because you were so thin. Oh, yeah, loads of snogs. I've never had so many dates in my life. (laughs) Dupan equals dating. (laughs) Weren't you on the Ducan when you dated that terrible man who looked like he was going to rob our house? Yeah, my taste in men definitely went downhill on the Ducan. (laughs) I don't know if that's the side effect of the Ducan diet. Yeah, I went on the Ducan for a while when you were on it, but I got it wrong and I just ate loads of cheese omelettes and I got really fat. Yeah, you're not meant to have full fat cheese. That's probably where you were going wrong, to be fair. Yeah, I don't think Um, protein's my favourite. But also, you do remember at the same time that I was highly addicted to exercise. So I literally double teamed it. Yeah. But it was the thinnest I've ever been. Also, you've got to remember that if you feel like after five days of Ducan and then you eat anything that isn't meat, you will immediately be fat. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Is actually quote Cami King. I mean, it's but, true though. I think I remember I ate like some ratatouille and was suddenly a walrus. I ate a crisp and I was like, I'm done for. I'm absolutely <laughs> done for. Did we decide to go on it? Because I think the Duchess of Cambridge's mum, Carol, had been on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were, it was obviously a Daily Mail thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Always is. Of course. Always is. Like, this diet will work. I mean, it does work, but only for a matter of sort of a few months. And you have to stick to it absolutely exactly, basically. But it is effective. You know, evidence suggests you can't keep it up. Yeah, I mean, man cannot live on chicken alone. No, and also not having any sugar in your diet turns you into an absolute monster. Yeah. 
the cravings for sugar is out like next level, basically. I just wonder what all those clean eaters are like. Like, imagine being trapped in a lift with one. Oh, it would be like being trapped in a lift with like an alligator. I'd be so angry, just so angry. Really smelly, constipated alligator. <laughs> so sexy. Well, now that you've got your leg in plaster, are you thinking about going on the decan again? Do you know what? Like, it makes me so miserable that I thought about it, but the misery that I'm already enduring, I can't go through decan at the same time. No, it would be too much. I don't think your parents can take it. No, also, they'd have to... I mean, look, I'd bankrupt them as well. Yeah, you would. Imagine how much meat is in Waitrose. They'd be done for. Oh, the other thing about the decan is... It's the most antisocial diet of all time because if you work in an office and you have to go to the fridge and dump plain chicken on your plate and go back to your desk, the looks mm. are, they look at you as if you're mad, which you are. Yeah, you definitely are. I mean, I think I ate like 25 packs of ham a day. Yeah, no, that's the other thing. I mean, there is, they do say there is no limit, but I mean... You're so hungry that you you do go through about six packs of ham. It 100% cannot be good for you. There's no way you're getting all your nutrition from a packet of ham. My baby bell obsession mm. literally didn't have an end. There's something deeply unsexy, I think, about eating a packet of ham in public. Yeah, and also I used to try and eat prawns on the on the tube. No. Imagine if you'd ended up on that website, women eating on tubes. Oh, my God. <laughs> eating prawns out the Who packet. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Liv and I went travelling once. To Vietnam, and we met so many dirty old sex tourists that one day we decided to go to the market and buy me an outfit and dress me up as one. And the result of this um, this exercise is a character called Barry. And I basically, I was wearing cargo shorts, a Hawaiian shirt, I drew a moustache and goatee on. I had, like, a bum bag, and then I lay down on a bench in the foyer of a Vietnamese hotel next to two girls, and we took some pictures. And it was oh, so... Oh, my God, the funniest photo I've ever taken in my it's life. It's the best photo I've ever taken. It really is. And one of the most disgraceful things I've ever done. Also the trip where you actually couldn't stop eating. Do you remember that was the holiday after I just sort of... I'd come off the Dukan, but I was desperately, like... I was sort of, I wouldn't eat a thing. It was a nightmare. You only drank soy milk. Yeah, that and was it, all I ate all, and, all the time. I didn't even lose that much weight. And you ate nothing. Life is cruel to me. I basically had dysentery, so all I ate was pizza. And wine was a £1,000 a bottle. It was a £1,000. What a glorious trip. Anyway, thank you so much for telling me all about the Ducan. Pleasure, Bea, any time. Thank I'm here you. for shaming whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for now. Next time on the Deliciously Stellar podcast. I kept on having to breathe various things for various children over the Christmas holidays, so I just thought, why not the dog? Well, thanks so much for joining me on my quest to get the glow. Um, I still don't think I've come much closer, so my journey's going to continue. If you want to get in touch, you can at me on at Deliciously Stellar on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.